the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Morning, everybody. In the 10, the voices of Rick, Rick Flair, Slick Rick, the man, and Bret Hart on a Saturday morning. Sunny in 52, says the 710 KNUS Weather Center. 50 on Sunday, Monday. We got light snow and 42 degrees. We are 710 KNUS Denver's talk station on a Saturday morning, the 4th of February. In the next hour, Joe Williams and Sandy Clough, who had just put them together, and it's, it's magic on football. Uh, was the Bengals team robbed and also the end of Tom Brady. In the meantime, I'm so enamored by this time period, and we do a, um, a television YouTube show called The Shoot, and Thomas appeared on The Shoot. We also did, um, just recently, we did a shoot on a book that's out now about Sinatra and Marilyn Monroe, and then the shoot we did uh, just this week that's getting a lot of attention is uh, disc jockey Mark Thompson from Mar- Mark and Brian. So you can see all of this. Go to the website, 710KNUS, click on show, scroll down, see my name, click on that, and you'll see the rest of it from there. Welcome back to the show. The book is Mafia Spies. It's one of those ones that make all the sense in the world. He is a tremendous guest. We've invited him to the radio side. Thomas, good morning, and welcome on a Saturday morning to 710KNUS. Good morning, Peter. Thank you so much for inviting me. I can't tell you how much I enjoy speaking to you. And, um, you know, it's it's these moments in time. And let me pose a, uh, the question that I posed to myself and so many other people that I respect, like yourself. This moment in time, I'm a young man. I'm going to work. And all these people are alive. You know, Sam Giancana, Frank Sinatra, Jack Kennedy, Bobby Kennedy, Dr. King, Malcolm X, you get on this list of people, Marilyn Monroe, and all of the, Fidel Castro, Raul Castro, everything's going on, the Cuban Missile Crisis takes place, and then suddenly, in a very short amount of time, they're all dead, and somehow, the United States of America wraps it up in a little small package and puts it out with the garbage, and the war in Vietnam begins, and civil rights struggle begins, which leads to Dr. King's murder, um, and it's I'm all stumped because Jack's dead. Carlos Marcello um, is, you know, gets deported, comes back. But uh, Johnny Rosselli's dead. Sam Giancana's dead. They've been brought, they're going to be brought before the church committee. And it all sort of ends to the sound of one hand clapping. In there's a question. I turn it over to you. What the hell? Well, Mafia Spies is the story of two gangsters hired by the CIA to kill Fidel Castro. And of course, this was going on during the Cold War. This was the height of the Cold War. And uh, America had seen a, uh, it had two big uh, events happen that really shattered, or at least um, hurt our confidence, shall we say. One was the Russians sending up the Sputnik satellite up into space. You know, you can kind of get a sense of what that was like by just seeing what's going on these days with the Chinese balloon that's up there and everybody's going crazy. But when Sputnik went up, they were up. The the Russians were the first in space. And then a second thing happened. Cuba, 
only 90 miles away from Florida, became a satellite for the Soviet Union, the Russians as well. The idea that Cuba was now going to become a communist state, uh, that we had all the thousands of people fleeing from Cuba into Florida, it set the stage for mafia spies. But it, you know, we know that the Cold War begins before the Second World War ends, and actually it begins before, after the Bolsheviks. And there are so many moving parts to this story. And when it comes to Fidel and the American CIA, Alan Dulles, John Foster Dulles, organized crime, there's a meeting. How aware of this going, these going-ons were the Kennedys, Bobby, Jack, or better yet, the ambassador, Joe Kennedy? Well, the Kennedys inherited the uh, attempts to invade Cuba and even the, uh, the plan to assassinate Castro. They inherited it from President Eisenhower's administration. The plan was drawn up in the last days of the Eisenhower uh, administration uh, with the purpose of uh, getting rid of Castro. Uh, so the Kennedys signed on to the, what became the Bay of Pigs, the, the invasion of the Cuban exiles who had fled from Cuba to Florida. But then they were trained and uh, they, were, uh, uh, they were supported to some extent in the invasion at the Bay of Pigs. And JFK, as I mentioned, inherited that plan uh, and it went, it went ahead, but it was really a half-assed plan. Mm-hmm moved all around uh, at, at a certain moment. Kennedy made it clear he was not going to have U.S. forces involved in this invasion, that it would be the Cuban exiles. But when they, when they landed, when the Cuban exiles landed at the Bay of Pigs, which is like the south uh, coast of Cuba, uh, they expected that uh, they would get some type of uh, air cover from U.S. forces. If we had done that, it was pretty clear that it would have prompted World War III. Uh, and so Kennedy refused to do it. And so the Bay of Peaks became a disaster uh, for Kennedy. Kennedy uh, did take responsibility because he did authorize it, but he regretted it deeply. And so that's also one of the uh, the driving forces in Mafia Spies because uh, a lot of people think that Kennedy's going to drop the subject of Cuba, but if anything, they doubled down uh, and t- were even more determined to get rid of Castro. In this moment, when Castro seizes and organized crime, it's been pointed out by so many people, even in that wonderful film, The Godfather, when they, you know, they're sitting there cutting up the map of Cuba with a with a big knife on the roof. Um, Organized crime has an interest, uh, certainly the CIA, certainly the Kennedys, certainly the Soviets under Khrushchev. But, you know, the plan for pigs was Richard Nixon's plan, I've read, and also read that Castro knew they were coming. Does that hold up? Well, it certainly holds up, uh, you know, with the uh, JFK assassination papers that were released in the last few years. They were held uh, as top secret. They were kept from the American public for for more than, fifth, what, 50 or 60 years mm-hmm. now. Uh, but they were released. And that, that made it very clear 
the way in which Castro had been involved with the Soviet Union to the extent that they taught Castro how to set up his own spy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, uh, so not only did he have uh, spies and double agents in Cuba, but he also had spies and formers and double agents in Florida. And uh, that's where essentially America was running an undeclared hmm. war. This was in the early 60s. And so Castro was got a lot of heads up about where the assassination attempts were going to take place and where, at, even at the Bay of Pigs, where the Cuban mm-hmm. exiles were going to land. Why, one of the puzzles is always is if, if, if Kennedy knew that he wasn't going to help, and there are stories from that was what the Brigade 2506, I think, was the brigade, and right, correct. a lot of those guys became the Mongoose, and they later became Alpha 66 and Omega 7, and I've read all the books about, but why, why didn't they alert him? I mean, he had got, he, this is the end of John Foster Dulles, end of Alan Dulles, but why didn't they tell those people? And some of the members of Brigade 2506 said they, and I don't know if it's true or not, said they could see American warships. Um, well, uh, you know, yeah. as I just mentioned, you know, a lot of these new documents, they give uh, light uh, about the, the various different characters that were involved. In other words, uh, some of the top leaders of the Cuban exile movement in the 60s, they, they had a lot of conflict, conflicting loyalties that were going on. And, um, and uh, for instance, there was a mobster by the name of Santo Traficante mm-hmm. oh, yeah. in Florida, who was a big character in my book, Mafia Spies. Uh, but he, he uh, was a person who ostensibly was trying to kill Castro, but he was also a big-time drug dealer mm-hmm. who needed the cooperation of, of Castro's government to, to import drugs into the United States. So this was, uh, he, he was a guy who had a lot of connections with the Cuban exile community as well. So who was, what, you know, what, what hat was he wearing? Was he wearing yeah. the white hat or oh, the yeah. dark hat? Or, uh, the, and he was, there were several other Cuban exile leaders like that who had hidden interests. And so um, uh, Castro was able to exploit that. And some of these new documents that have come out, uh, make that clear in some of the FBI documents and some of the CIA documents that have been recently released. Thomas Mayer is here, and the book is Mafia Spies. Um, Skyhorse is his publisher. It is just a remarkable book. But I, you know, I, I leapfrog around through history, which may or may not be. But then we know that Air America and the American CIA was muling narcotics in Southeast Asia. You know, it's factual. Um, they moved dope. Um, you know, the, the whole heroin trade is a bizarre series of stories of organized crime and, and collaborating governments. Um, well, yeah, I, I don't know exactly uh, about the CIA being involved with it. Later, later. Certainly the, certainly the CIA was involved with Santo Traficante. Absolutely. Who was a major uh, narcotics trafficker. In fact, uh, the, the two major figures in Mafia Spies is Johnny Roselli, mm-hmm. who for a long time was the mob's guy in Hollywood, then in Las Vegas, 
uh, Sam Gene Connor, the other second figure, was the boss of what they call the outfit in Chicago. It was the mafia in Chicago. And, and, and really, he controlled much of the Midwest and also Las Vegas and such. But those two characters, Johnny Roselli and Sam Gene Connor, were also involved in Havana, uh, running casinos along with Santo Traficante. And Meyer Lansky. And, uh, and Meyer Lansky. Yeah, and Meyer Lansky. Meyer Lansky. And in, in, in Havana uh, in the 50s, you know, people got to remember, and I'm sure most, most of your audience is unaware of this, but back like this time of year when it's freezing cold and people say, oh, I got to go to someplace warm, uh, the place that they often went, particularly on the East Coast, was to Havana. Uh, Las Vegas really wasn't invented until after World War II, and it still was in its infancy in the 50s. So the mafia got involved slowly but surely in the 50s, uh, and certainly Giancana and Roselli were out there in the early 50s. But their big show was down in Havana. And so in 1959, when Castro pushes out uh, all of the American businesses, including the mafia-run casinos, they hate Castro's yes. And this is the, um, the impetus for the mob to try to get rid of Castro. But they meet. There's a... And, we, you know, you talk about so many people that I've had the opportunity to read them. You know, I'm, I met Mayhew. Um, he wrote a book called Next to Use. I met the Giancanos who wrote the book Double Cross, sat in a room and talked to them. It, there's, a, there's a saying in recovery, every, in recovery, everybody tells the same story, but they just tell it a different way. Right. And, and um, you know, this is what captures, this is what makes you important, is you pull these things together. But I always come back, and, and because we know Sam Giancana ends up murdered, shot around the mouth. Uh, Johnny Rosselli ends up chopped up in a 55-gallon drum. They knew stuff, and they were headed to the church committee. Why, well, why yeah. were they killed? Why were they killed? Uh, well, you know, as we were talking about, um, the CIA authorized the the hiring of these two gangsters, and they thought if they cooperated with the CIA, they would get a get out of jail free yeah. card, yeah. essentially, because the FBI had been embarrassed. J. Edgar Hoover had been embarrassed by the, the, the public realization there was a big meeting up in New York <laughs> yeah. of all these gangsters that became front-page news. And so the FBI really was trying to crack down on organized crime and to get, to get the G-men, to get the FBI off of their, their backs. Johnny and Sam, Johnny Roselli and, and Sam Giancana said, well, if we cooperate with the CIA, we want to get rid of Castro anyway <laughs> because of what he did to our casinos but we'll cooperate with the CIA. And whether or not they let the other mobsters know about it, that became clear that they hadn't. Uh, but also, as time went on, it became, the story became more and more complicated. It involved JFK. It involved a woman who was having an affair with JFK, who also at the same time was having an affair with uh, Sinatra and then Sam Giancana. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so that came to the attention of the FBI. All of this uh, becomes kind of a runaway train. Uh, and so uh, when JFK is killed, the president, uh, the uh, incoming president, President Johnson, 
really gets off of the he really ends the the attempts to kill Castro and focuses his his attention on Vietnam. Yeah. But by the time of Watergate, the Watergate uh, investigation did involve some of the Cuban oh, exiles. Yeah, they were the were involved they're Bay of Pigs Park. guys. They're all Bay of Pigs right. guys. And, yeah, no, I right. I'm stunned right. by that. And so this uh, eventually comes out about the plan to kill that the CIA uh, had plans to kill Castro and what was going on. And so by the mid 1970s, there were hearings in the Senate uh, about uh, about this. And both Johnny Roselli and Sam Giancana were subpoenaed to call to, to testify before the Senate about their plans to kill Castro. Uh, and Roselli did to some extent. Sam never did. But both of them wound up being murdered yeah, yeah. right around that time. Who killed him? Yeah. Well, uh, it, both, both those murders <laughs> remain unsolved, no, technically. Yeah. But I, I make it pretty clear in my book who I think killed them. Well, it, it was like a pick em. You know, like every... <sighs> We just finished that book and did it on the air on uh, Frank and Marilyn. And this fellow's wonderful, and I would urge you, if you haven't read it, take a look at it. But he did two things I had never heard before. One, he talked about Monroe's funeral, and um, Joe DiMaggio would not let Sinatra in. I never knew that. And the family that, the, the family that bought Monroe's house, and I'd heard about the, all the wiretaps that were there, because I'm going to come you back, bring you back to Hoover, but that when they had to put a roof on the house, and they brought these roofers in, and they found, like, everybody had a tap in there. Everybody was listening to Monroe, and uh, Epstein said, well, when she needed to make an important call, she went to a pay phone. So did, did, did Frank Costello and did the families in New York, did they have, did they have Hoover? Um, because I, I've, there's this new book out, G-Man, this uh, young woman, I don't know if young woman, I say that, her name is Gage. She's uh, she's Yale, I think. She's a PhD. And this book is great. Right. And yeah. Did they have Hoover? Do you believe they had Hoover? Um, I, I, that is what's been said in various different books. Uh, I can't say that definitively. You know, with my book, I have I have a yeah. more than nine hundred footnotes in the back of it. So I have a receipt for everything I say. Uh, and so I think that, uh, I, you know, I'm careful about what I do and don't say. The, the beauty of Mafia Spies is that this attempt to kill Castro was uh, uh, later admitted by the CIA. In oh, absolutely. Had to. They had to. It, yes. it was called the Family Jewels That's right. Memo. That's right. And that they, in 2007, the CIA acknowledged this mm. plan. You know, we live, unfortunately, in a time of many conspiracies and half-baked theories and such. Uh, but the reason why I was attracted to this is because uh, the, the acknowledgement by the CIA that these things had happened. So there was a lot of, uh, a lot of detail that I have that's based upon documents. No, you're, I mean, you're wonderful. And you're, you're, again, jumping to checkers. In Southeast Asia, the CIA ran something called the Phoenix Projects. Yeah. And they murdered people. That's yeah. what they did. Well, yeah. Right. Well, well, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I don't r- address that in my. Book, no, I understand that. But, I'm not trying but, to. But, but, there... but I, I do like to play in my book with the whole idea of conspiracy mm-hmm. because uh, you know, America has a long history of conspiracy. Oh, oh. There were conspiracies about Abraham Lincoln's yes. murder. 
and such. But uh, what kind of looms in the background of, of my book is uh, the JFK assassination. Mm-hmm. And at one point, when he's trying to save himself, Johnny Roselli lets the Senate, his lawyers, tell the Senate that Johnny has information yes. about who killed JFK. Sure. Uh, and he was supposed to t- testify Boom. about that. Never made it. And, uh, you know, that's when he, that's the time period where Johnny winds up dead. Mm-hmm. So that, that fueled even more <laughs> Well, what, again, but, you know, if I could, what I just yeah. love about you and love about this book and books that follow is I'm stumped at this as an amateur reader and a, you know an amateur historian or reader. All of these events are taking place, and uh, the Epstein charge was Marilyn Monroe was the first assassination of the '60s, which I thought was just a grand theme, and all they're all dead, and it's kind of a never mind, and Lyndon Johnson's off to war. Well, what about all of this? What about this mess that you point out so well, Thomas? The book is, again, wonderful. We're close to a break. Mafia spies. And what they can just leave all of this litter behind them and then walk away. Uh, well, you know, it's, uh, it's, a time, it's a slice of history mm-hmm. uh, that I think does speak to the time that we live in today. Uh, you know, as I mentioned before with Johnny... He understood that. In hmm. fact, to try to get off the hook, try to not to avoid being deported. He had, Johnny Roselli was not Roselli's real name. He had an alias his entire life. And when the FBI found out about, it, they tried to deport him out of this country. And so Johnny, understanding what was going on in this country, uh, claimed uh, that he knew or he had information about JFK's assassination and that he really fed he tried to use essentially the conspiracies mm-hmm. around jfk's murder to try for his own purposes to try to stay out of jail and to try to somehow remain in this country so uh, that whole time period that paranoia of of the people involved in my story uh is one of the it's it's really of that age, of the 60s, oh. and particularly the 1970s. Oh. Oh. And so I tried to capture yeah. that whole slice of Americana let me, at that point. Let me turn around and bring you right back. Um, I urge people, this is like, there's a series of things to read. And, you know, and I'm no expert, just a reader, but Mafia Spies. And Thomas's last name is spelled M-A-I-E-R. And Skyhorse is his publisher. You can get it on you know Amazon. You can find it. It is... Worth your time. Danny Kaplan's law firm. Dan believes the, oh, and again, he's, I think, the only attorney here to win five mo- straight multi-million dollar jury verdicts in a motor vehicle crash cases. He has partners. Most of these men and women are former deputy DAs, so they have tremendous courtroom experience already, helping survivors of serious crashes. Uh, Danny's law firm talks cheap, experience counts, results matter, and Kaplan's law firm would be happy to share with you its track record of outstanding jury verdicts, out of court settlements. They believe that who you hire says who you are. A lot about you, and they suggest you choose their firm if you need them. And again, the firm believes its core values have been the foundation of historic success and faith, integrity, hard work, dedication, righteous causes. If you need Danny's help, and we did it one time, and he came like the wind. 303-907-5003. If you need a question answered, 303-907-5003. Uh, last name, of course, when you Google C-A-P-L-I-S, CaplasLaw.com. But please, 303-907-5003.
Tremendous guest, 28 after 10, 1028. It's uh, Saturday, February 4th, 2023. Sunny and 52, 50 Sunday and 42 on Monday. Coming up, Sandy Clough and Joe Williams on uh, on the Bengals, and we'll talk about Tom Brady. We'll just have them on the show because they're wonderful. It is a Saturday morning, Take and we got a wonderful guest on hold from from me. I mean, and I hadn't, if I hadn't gone to Senegenics 10 years ago, I, I don't know what would have happened. I, Dr. McCallan saves my life again and again and again. She has become... So important. She's kept me healthy. Imagine a world where you're not just a number, where your doctor knows everything about you and spends time to discover all that's necessary to get and keep you well, not only healthy, but optimally healthy. And I just went through a big blood test with her and had great results. The, the world exists at Cenogenics at, at Denver, and that world we're talking about, be seen and cared for by great doctors and the staff at Cenogenics receives the world's, I think, best age management solutions helping you achieve your your cognitive and physical and metabolic health. I'm turning 80 this year. I don't believe it either. But the guidance and support from, from Dr. McKellen, I'm skiing, I'm riding a motorcycle, exercising every day, energy. Life is too short. Your health is too precious to trust it to anybody. And Dr. Watts there now, and he's become a friend. But um, Dr. McKellen and myself, man, she's like, do not settle for mediocrity. Long waits for test results. Her calls don't get returned. Expect the best. She's my friend. Cenogenic 720-302-2992. 720-302-2992. Visit them, Denver, Cenogenics.com. Get it off the ground. C-E-N-E-G-E-N-I-C-S. Our guest is absolutely amazing. He did the shoot with us. And the book is entitled Mafia Spies. Thomas Mayer is our guest. His publisher is Skyhorse Publishing, and it's this time frame, again, where Hollywood meets the White House meets organized crime, and th- this idea of all of them touching together, does it start with the ambassador with Joe Kennedy, or where would you put a beginning on this, Thomas, if you would? Well, you know, it, it, you're right. It, it starts with Johnny Roselli moving out from Al- – he worked for Al Capone in Chicago – this is the early 30s, and because Johnny had tuberculosis, they moved him out to Hollywood to become the mobs guy out there. And during that time period, uh, uh, Joe Kennedy had been a movie producer. You know, Joe Kennedy was involved with a lot of different things on Wall Street. Uh, he was involved in real estate. He later became owner of alcohol and such, but he was also a big-time movie producer uh, out there, and he would play golf, according to Roselli, and, and he's testified to this effect, that he had played golf on occasion with Johnny Roselli, uh, that Joe Kennedy and Roselli had played golf together. Roselli was a well-known figure among studio heads. He was very close to the head of Columbia Pictures back then, Harry Cohn, and other studio heads. Uh, and so um, so the story kind of begins there. But in, in terms of Hollywood and entertainment in Mafia Spies, my book, the, I think the most extraordinary thing is the relationship of Frank Sinatra. Yeah. And I, it, it certainly intrigued me a lot because people may remember uh, Frank Sinatra at, at the beginning of his career as the favorite of Bobby Soxers. He was a very thin guy with a... Uh, and his voice was kind of higher, very romantic. That's in the 40s, late 40s. Uh, Sinatra did have problems with his voice. But then in the 50s, 
he he adopts like a different persona, kind of a he was the head of the Rat Pack. He becomes kind of like a gangster himself, uh, and his his style of music and his style of dress kind of mirrors his friend Sam Giancana, uh, who is a mafia figure in Chicago and is one of the two. Uh, figures in the key figures in my book, Johnny Roselli and Sam Gene Connor, are the two mobsters in, in Mafia Spies. But it's their relationship, uh, the, the Gene Connor and Sinatra, that relationship that I think is fascinating. I, again, as a reader and so drawn to this, and this book is so important to fill in the blanks, but we know, not just believe, but we do know that organized crime goes into West Virginia. And they win the primary, and the Jack Kennedy opponent is not Lyndon Johnson, it's Hubert Humphrey. And there are all these anti, alleged anti-Catholics in West Virginia, right. and they go to the dirty unions, they do these things, and they fix it. Yeah. And um, Well, there's no doubt about that, Peter, that, you know, the New York Times, at yeah. the end of the election, 1960, the religion issue, believe it or not, was the number one issue. Uh, they polled all of the political reporters, and the number one issue, greater than the economy, greater yeah. than uh, atomic warfare, was Jack, Ka- Jack Kennedy's Catholic religion and whether or not we could allow a Catholic in the White House. I know that's amazing no. to most young people today, but that's actually the, the level of discrimination that uh, Kennedy faced in 1960, if when you go back and you look at the clips, was greater than, say, for instance, Ob- uh, President Obama faced yeah. when he first ran. Uh, and as a, you know, as a black person, he 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 faced uh, JFK arguably faced more discrimination. It's hard to believe, but in yes, campaign. Yeah, they, than, than Obama did. Yes, well, they, uh, and that, that, that had to do with you know the times that we lived in. Mm-hmm. But uh, but that that is. To me, you know, that was utterly amazing. Were, but that's also why Sinatra was also attracted to uh, the Kennedy mm-hmm. campaign, and he campaigned very hard for it. And when you talk about uh, what went on in West Virginia, uh, the claim is that the mafia provided money in West Virginia mm-hmm. uh, and that, that Giancana, uh, at, the, at the urging of Frank Sinatra, that Sam Giancana and the mafia, uh, uh, somehow helped the Kennedy campaign. And to the extent that that's been documented, and that's hard to document, uh, it seems as though the West Virginia primary was the place where uh, a guy named Skinny D'Amato, mm-hmm. who was a mobbed-up character, provided a lot of funding. Bear in mind, Joe Kennedy was one of the wealthiest man, men in the country in 1960. So they had, in a way, plenty of money. Uh, but the feeling by the mob was that they had helped Kennedy. Oh, sure. And, and so both Giancana and uh, Roselli felt that way. And Giancana, when, when Sinatra was not able to prevail on Attorney General Bobby Kennedy uh, and get the FBI off their back, in other words, uh, you know, the mafia was continuing to go after it, and Bobby Kennedy was very anti-mob, uh, Giancana felt betrayed. And so there's a scene in Mafia Spies where they're debating whether or not to kill, Ka- to kill, excuse me, Sinatra. 
because they feel that Sinatra failed them, that they, they supported Kennedy, and now this guy is running after them even more so. So there's a lot of twists and ironies. In Isn't it? Book. But it, there, there's a book called Double Cross. The Giancanas wrote it. The Giancana right. relatives wrote it. And I sat, talked to them. And, you know, th- that they saw Jack Kennedy as one of their own. They didn't see Jack Kennedy as the president of the United States. They made Jack Kennedy, or at least, you know, Sam allegedly thought it, and John thought it, and uh, Arcardo thought it, and Marcello thought it, and Jimmy Hoffa to some degree. And they thought, wait a minute, it, it, they, when they, when they, and I believe they were involved in the murder, they weren't killing the president. They were killing some guy that screwed them. And well, a lot of the mob guys were for Nixon. Yeah, well, and so yes. Giancana was an exception, and and he was urged on by Sinatra. Sinatra vouched for Kennedy, mm-hmm. and so to the extent that the mafia had anything to do with the campaign in 1960, Giancana was for Kennedy. Uh, some of the older characters uh, in the mob, uh, they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, without campaigning, you know, doing commercials for Nixon, they were for yes. Nixon. Now, bring so, me, uh, if, let me, because I'm going to keep with that for one second. So, uh, somebody had to cross over first. And there are stories about Joe Kennedy bringing Sinatra to Hyannisport and saying, I need your help. And so, Sinatra becomes the go between. Whether or not that, I mean, I've read it, so it doesn't mean anything, but that. Right. And then in sure. the end, that. They tell, Giancana tells Sinatra, go tell Bobby Kennedy to back off. Bobby Kennedy instead goes to Peter Lawford because he doesn't go to, to, um, to Bobby. And Bobby Kennedy is a pretty ruthless character and tells Peter Lawford, you know, mind your own business. Now, the ambassador had a stroke, had this horrible stroke. Do you think that, I've asked this as a question numbers of times to people like you that I respect so much. Do you think that he was on the porch in Hyannisport, wrapped up in blankets, and he knew that he couldn't stop his son anymore, he couldn't stop Bobby, and Jack had broken off of Monroe, and they probably got rid of Monroe, and it's such a crazy period. Do you think any of that holds up, Thomas? Well, uh, there's a lot of things that you said there, uh, and uh, I, I think as far as Joe Kennedy was concerned, Joe Kennedy in his business life was involved with a lot of different things that were just on this side of legality and perhaps over the line at various different time, at different points. But fundamentally, uh, he, uh, he, he played pretty fast and loose. He, he was a guy who made a lot of money very quickly. And so I, I think he was aware of organized crime out there. Uh, and uh, they had a figure, the Kennedys had a figure in Chicago, uh, an, an attorney, his name, his name was Tom Cassera, and he worked for the liquor company that Joe Kennedy owned uh, in the 30s, and he, this guy Cassera was shot, and uh, in fact, some of the articles about Cassera, he was shot in the head, so people just assumed he died. Well, he actually recovered, and he, he wound up being shipped out to Hollywood, and eventually he winds up working with Johnny Roselli, believe it or not. But um, so Joe Kennedy uh, basically understood uh, th- that there was the mob that had to be dealt with out there. So when Bobby Kennedy and Jack Kennedy were involved in the Senate Rackets Committee in the late 50s, uh, 
this was a, a stage, if you will, for Jack Kennedy to get a lot of attention, to show this seriousness towards crime. Bobby Kennedy, uh, Jack's brother, was the counsel on the Senate Rackets Committee, and Jack himself, Senator Kennedy, Senator John Kennedy, was uh, a member of that Rackets Committee. So they were very determined to go after, particularly Bobby, was determined to go after the mob. I think the father, uh, Joe, was uncomfortable with mm. that. And and so that was a dynamic that was going on you, that was um, uh, w- would lead to some do, of these troubles here. Do, do you believe, Thomas, that Jack and Bobby were aware of their father asking for help from and using Sinatra as a go-between? Because there's this next moment that comes that... Uh, Jack is going to come, he's now president, going to come to California. Sinatra builds a wing on his house. And then then Hoover, of all people, goes to Bobby Kennedy and says, look, I got your brother with Judith Campbell. I got your brother with Sam Giancana. I got your brother. And Jack cuts all ties with Jack, with uh, with Frank. I and mean, it's, is that all true? Yes. Yes. Uh, in a nutshell, yes. Uh, it, there's approximately 70... Uh, phone calls yeah. to Kennedy's office that were made by Judy Campbell yeah. from the beginning of their affair, and it, which extended into Kennedy's presidency. John Kennedy, uh, to me, is a very admirable figure in many, many respects. He is the American... Uh, tra- he was a big admirer of Winston Churchill. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the... As a Cold War warrior... Kennedy saved us from nuclear war with the Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh, And he was also an incredibly well-read man, a a remarkably inspiring figure. But he was also a complicated, compartmentalized man. And so Mafia Spies is really uh, the third in a trilogy of books that involve the Kennedys that I've written. My first book was about the Kennedys and their Irish Catholic immigrant experience and how it impacted their public and private lives. And that's really the big story of the Kennedys. Then I did, then I did a separate book about the Churchills and the Kennedys in World War II. Mafia Spies is in many ways about the Kennedys in, during the Cold War, which is arguably the darkest period of the, this Camelot era. And um, so uh, it's a very complicated story. JFK is a very compartmentalized figure. Uh, And so I think we continually, even 50, 60 years later, are finding out things that just are just more pieces in this very complicated puzzle. I need to do this. Another turnaround. I'll set the question. Who killed John Kennedy and why? And then... Why it continues to be, because I'm intrigued, and my personal belief is it wasn't Oswald by himself, but that's the church committee, but we'll pick it up there. This is a remarkable, remarkable guest, and he did the shoot with us. You can see him, Mafia Spies, and Thomas's last name is spelled M-A-I-E-R, and Skyhorse Publishing is his house, and you can get this book, and I urge it, and you know, we're talking about the Frank and Marilyn books and Legacy of Ashes, and it just continues uh, the shoot we did, and Thomas is on a shoot that we did. You can find and see all those, including the Mark Thompson one. Go to 710K and you uh, click on shows, scroll down. You can find me, and we go from there. Cowboy Moving and Storage is the recommended mover. Go to cowboymoving.com and click on customer reviews. It's incredible. 
1,300 reviews, very positive. Google ratings are real high, customer reviews. and They're family-owned and operated. I talk about this all the time, but you go in a man's office, and there's a, I think it's a 47 or 48 Indian motorcycle. It's a tank shifter, and it's all restored. Cowboy provides residential, commercial moves through all of Colorado, can store your valuables. But the coolest thing that they do, among many great things, is Cowboy can do called load and hold. So basically, if you're moving in a new office or residence, but you got to leave your current location before the new place is available, then this is the storage service. Load and hold trailers, they come and they load, and then they hold all of your you know goods, whatever you have, household furnishing, and they store it longer, short term, and when you're moved in or ready to move, boom, they deliver for work stuff, for home stuff, and move grandma, move the piano, and you can get estimates from them, and they're good people. So it makes, they make, they are the recommended mover. The guys with Cowboy have been there forever. From moves to loads to hold, storage, Cowboy has been Colorado's recommended mover. They're our friends, and they'll work you in the ground. Cowboy donates a portion of every move to Freedom Service Dogs. Cowboymoving.com, Cowboymoving.com, 303-789-2200. Again, 303-789-2200. It is 1049, 11 before the hour of 11, 710 KNUS 52 and sunny today. Tomorrow, Sunday, clouds increase in 50, 42 on Monday. Uh, coming up, we'll talk with uh, Sandy and Joe. We'll talk about a bunch of pro sports stuff. In the meantime, just a remarkable guest. I urge people, if you're a reader, uh, this is a story of espionage and the mobsters that were based on, again, he's seen some of the new files. The book is Mafia Spies. Thomas Mayer is our guest. Skyhorse is his publisher. I wanted to lead in with this and then have you pick it up from there. But what was, and again, in, in the book that I'd never read before until I read you, that uh, Bobby Kennedy, and they're urging Lyndon Johnson to... Um, put uh, Alan Dulles on the Warren Commission, but Alan Dulles never tells the other Warren Commissioners that they were plotting to kill Jack, uh, the, plotting to kill Fidel Castro. I mean, they're, they're, you can drive a truck through that hole, so I give you that one, and then in, in who do you believe killed or assassinated John Kennedy? Well, Peter, uh, that, as you say, that was one of the biggest surprises to me in researching the book, is that, bear in mind, uh, for about two years in Florida, the CIA was running an undeclared war, uh, training Cuban exiles to go kill Castro, invade. Uh, there were a number of my characters, uh, John Roselli, and uh, particularly Johnny Roselli, was involved in midnight boat raids in Cuba trying to kill Castro and such, along with many others. Uh, so this was a big secret. It was kind of an open secret in, uh, in southern Florida, but it was still uh, most Americans did not know that we, this was going on. And Bobby Kennedy, after the Cuban Missile Crisis uh, and after the Bay of Pigs particularly, uh, was put in charge of overseeing this. He, Bobby would actually go down to Florida at, at times to, to oversee this. So when just before John Kennedy was killed, Castro gave an interview saying, I'm aware you're trying to kill me. It was very obvious that they were uh, that there were attempts to kill Castro. There were many of them. And he said publicly that two could play this game, that if you're going to try to kill me, well, then there may be consequences for this. Yeah. And so when, uh, uh, when John F. Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas, uh, Bobby Kennedy himself thought maybe the mob might be involved with mm-hmm. it. I know Roselli thought immediately it was the communist Castro's people involved with it. But uh, Bobby Kennedy uh, was, at, 
was asked or recommended to President Johnson uh, right after the assassination, when the Warren Commission was being put uh, being put together, uh, Bobby's uh, indicated that he thought Alan Dulles, who had just left a, the head of the CIA, but it was Dulles who had overseen this effort to kill Castro, that Dulles be put on the Warren Commission. Mm. And that, so you're you're trying to investigate who killed the president. You're doing a murder investigation. You would think that one of the things you want to do is identify all the possible suspects, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and yet, uh, Dulles never told the Warren Commission that the CIA had been trying to wow. kill Castro. Thomas, because of time, uh, we're yeah. coming up about three or four minutes, and I know that's we should have led with this. I apologize. Who killed Jack Kennedy and why? I, I don't know. Uh, and I think anybody who says they do know for sure uh, is uh, is pulling your leg, mm-hmm. shall we say. I agree. Um, and so I, I, I do think it's very weird that uh, Oswald, after he, he was arrested, and I think Oswald was the one who pulled the trigger. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But the question is, were there other people involved in setting up Oswald. The fact that Oswald is recorded saying, I was a patsy. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many murder suspects have ever said that out loud after they were arrested, that I'm a patsy. Uh, They will say, I didn't do it or whatever. But um, I I think uh, there's been evidence about that has emerged about uh, Oswald's visits uh, in Mexico City to the Cuban embassy. That is very... Makes the phone call. Yeah, it's very intriguing. Me too. Uh, and I think hopefully some of the the still secret documents surrounding the JFK assassination, uh, even though there's been plenty that have been disclosed recently, there's still a whole batch that hasn't. Uh, and hopefully soon we'll know some God. more. Perhaps that will shed more yeah. light. I, Unfortunately, I, I think we'll have to say we just don't know. And that's my answer. Anything. What is your belief? Well, I, I, I and you got to like do it quick. I, I'm sorry, I, we're coming I up. Just, I don't know. So you know, I, okay. I would, as an investigative reporter, I would never say something unless I was really rock solid oh, on I, it. I, I do think it deserves more. The the Cuban uh, uh, involvement with Oswald, I think, is something that needs to be uh, explored even further. You know, and I that li- recent phone call where he's trying to go back to Odessa a month and a half before the murder of Jack Kennedy. I'm thinking to myself. Why do you want to go back to Odessa? He's asking the Soviets, and they turn him away. The Cubans turn him away. I don't know. Thomas, yeah, yeah. You are, you're a gift. I mean, I, I will get you back and back because we just kind of scratched the surface. The book is Mafia Spies. Again, his publisher is Skyhorse. It's in paper. It's worth your read. Take care of yourself, sir. We will talk ASAP. Be safe. Thank you, Thomas, again. Thank you, Peter. You, you take care of yourself. Thank you. All right. Um, on the other side. Joe Williams, the hitman, and Sandy Clough, best two radio talk show hosts not working in radio, right? And Tom Brady and what happened with Cincinnati and just their fun. We'll get some opens as well. 710 KNUS, Denver's talk station. And again, uh, back to this balloon that's getting all the attention. I buy and it's a weather balloon. It's floating around. But you can thank the multinationals. And I read $500 billion Walmart has spent inside of the PRC, and this is, of course, eliminates American jobs and American factories, and they bought the Broncos, and that's where a lot of that money comes from. You want to know who built the Army, the PRC Army, the Red Army? 
Go, go, we all go look in the mirror. Thank the multinationals. All right, let's run out of here and come back on your side with the hitman, Joe Williams, and one and only Sandy Clough. I'm going to talk about Tom Brady, talk about just things in general because they're the guest guys. 710 KNUS on Peter Boyles. This is Denver's talk station on a Saturday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.